Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. Truly, not a beautiful day that the Lord has made. I really uh, just want to continue to rejoice and be glad in it. He has made us glad, and we have all right to rejoice and be glad in it tonight. Amen. 
we welcome everyone that is online tonight to our Thursday night Bible study. So glad to be in the house of God, our online congregation. We welcome you tonight. Amen. We want you, everybody, to get the paper and the pens out, ready to take notes. Whatever the Lord have in store tonight, we want to make sure we're in tune with what the Lord have in store tonight. So we're going to invite you all to stand with us. Um, just by the way, a couple of announcements that I can remember, and you can just tell me if I miss any, or you can indicate to me. Um, I know we have a men's thing on tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. So for those of us that are able to make it, if you have not yet confirmed our, our BSP to Brother Darrell or Brother Tom, make sure you do so. I'm not sure if the already cutoff time is already yet, but... I'm saying there's still room. If you are still interested and want to be a part of our gathering tomorrow evening, feel free to reach out. The information will send out in the text. So hopefully um, we can be able to have a good time and fellowship in the Lord. And uh, for the ladies' breakfast, which is Saturday morning, um, I think it's going to be at 9 a.m. from 9 to 12 p.m. Um, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Amen. So that's just right down the street there, a few minutes from here. So for those of you that are not ladies that have not yet registered, hopefully every ladies that are here are able to make it to the function. Um, you know, unfortunately, I have to be there for part of the time. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it happens. You know, things happen. Um, so we just want to continue to be supportive to whatever, you know, we can that's going on in our church or in our district. Amen. So if you can get involved, get involved. You know, there is something about fellowshipping. And whenever we can get a chance to fellowship, it's always a good thing. Um, anything else that I forget? I think that's all my announcements. Continue to keep our pastor in, um, in our prayer. He's away, um, you know, on a mission um, for the Lord. <laughs> he has a Talking to him, and he has a very busy schedule ahead of him, you know. And um, pray, pray past the strength, you know. It is um, we want to continue to lift up a man of God, and um, you know, once we continue to lift him up and ask God, you know, God to touch his mind and just to keep him and direct him, you know, it, it, that goes a long way. So keep our pastor in the prayer, and just keep you know each other in our prayers. You know, all of us are going through things. Um, you know, we don't know what we're going through, but you know, um, the Lord knows what we're going through, and um, you know, and this is all critical when the Bible says we should cast all cares upon Him because He cares for us. So, um, pray for each other, look around, remember those that we haven't seen for a very long time, keep them in our prayers, and just continue to be faithful to the things of God. So, let's just pray tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before your presence one more time. We thank you for this opportunity and for this privilege, O oh God. We come to you, Lord God, and we ask you to forgive us for every sins, O oh God. All the sins that we have committed in your sight, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for keeping us, Lord God. We thank you for providing for us. We thank you for making ways when there seems to be no way. We ask you, God, to open up doors, Lord God, that no man can shut. Father God, as we gather together in your presence tonight, one more time to lift up your name. Oh God, to glorify your name and to magnify your name. We ask you, Lord God, to have your way in our midst tonight, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, to speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, oh God. Open our minds tonight, Lord God, that as the words will go forth tonight, Lord God, that will go forth with unction and with anointing, oh God. Father God, as I pray tonight, Lord God, we ask you to touch the man of God, your servant, Lord God, that will be bringing forth the words tonight, Lord God, that you will use him like never before, Lord God. Touch him from the crown of his head, oh God, to the sole of his feet, Lord God. Oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch all of us, Lord God, as church family, Lord God. Touch us individually. Touch us collectively, Lord God. Whatever is going on in our bodies, in our lives, oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll comfort us and be with us. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, you will touch our families. Oh God, keep us and help us, Lord God, to look to you from whence cometh our help. Father God, as we pray tonight, we pray for a pastor who is away tonight, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch his mind. 
touch his body, Lord God. Strengthen him and keep him, O oh God. I pray, Lord God, that you will use him like never before, Lord God. In whatever way, capacity, Lord God, that you call him to be, Lord God, in this hour. We ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to let your anointing be upon him, Lord God. Bless his family and his home. Touch our church family, those that are not here tonight, those that are sick in their body. We ask you to touch them and heal them completely and that they will be whole. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll move upon us like never before. And Father God, as we continue to pray, Lord God, for the people, oh God, of Ukraine, Lord God, tonight, and the people in Russia, Lord God, that you'll continue to give them comfort, Lord God. I pray and ask you protection and covering up on them, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, in the midst of what's going on, Lord God, someone will find you for themselves, oh God, and know you as their personal Savior and Lord. Lord God, we look to you. Oh God, we commit everything in your hands tonight, Lord God. It's not our will, but thy will be done. And we ask you to continue to bless us as we give you all the glory, as we give you all the honor, as we worship you tonight. We say, have your way tonight as we commit the service in your hand. In the mighty name of Jesus. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause tonight? Oh, hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. And we're going to ask you to remain standing. Amen. And without any further ado, I'm going to invite to the podium a man of God. Amen. Brother Bradley, Godfrey is going to come to us. Whatever the Lord have in store, brother. Amen. Want the Lord blessing to be upon you. Amen. Take your liberty. Take your time. And may the Lord bless you and keep it. Come on, my friend. God bless you, sir. Amen. And we shout out hallelujah, everyone. May we put our hands together in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He is worthy. The Lord is worthy. I grew up, and we used to sing hymns from a, a book called the Pentecostal Hymnal. Many people know that. <laughs> it's called the, we used to, it's by nature called the Green Book. There's a song I used to love to sing. <laughs> I found his grace is all complete. His supply at every need. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> and I sit and learn at Jesus' feet. I am free. Yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable, full of glory. Half has never yet been. We can go all night. See, I, I was born and literally in the womb in the church. <laughs> literally. And there are people who know me for many years. And I give God praise. Things have just come into full circle, you know, with my life, and I'm so glad for that. So we're going to just get into the Word of God, and we're going to first um, honor our pastor in his absence and his wife, First Lady Wyatt, in the back. And we want to thank God for him for just allowing this privilege because this is something I don't take um, for granted because, you know, coming here, and I should share a little bit before we get into the Word of God, first of all, to honor also Minister Scarlett and Sister Scarlett and, you know, those who are working, Minister Henry and everybody who is in their respective places, you know, who work in this uh, wonderful church. Um, you know, I, you know, come with an attitude of, if you, if, you, if you look at it in terms of a sports mechanism of a team player, you know, I, <coughs> I have seen the highs and lows of the house of God. I have seen it personally, and sometimes I so much wanted to run away because I've seen so much. Not run away from God, but run away from the things that are happening, you know. And uh, you learn some things as you go. And you learn and you take some things with you and you say to yourself, well, I will apply the principles that were, you know, was a mistake in terms of your what you have seen. Not intentional, but you learn as you grow. And coming to this house of worship, I... I have sought to just feed and glean upon the Word of God and the teachings and the Bible studies and the one-on-one -on -one encounters I have in working with people here. It's just amazing. It's a blessing because, you know, some people, you know, come or at least have an attitude with an air of themselves and say, you know, you know, I arrived and, you know, look at me. No, 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 no. We're, we're not here to, to, to be created in the form of worshiping the creature. More than the creator. We are here to worship the name that is only above all names. And his name is Jesus Christ. 
And I believe God is going to do something great in this time. Let's just get us into the word. I really want to be, um, you know, to the point. And uh, we have a short time. But I'm excited. I'm excited, saints of God. And I believe this is an opportunity just to share the word of God, which is a privilege. We're going to actually look into the book. And this book is usually not um, preached or teach, taught a lot. But there's some nuggets that I sought the Lord before even pastor had thought. And I said, God, what are you doing? You know, I, the people don't really know me and I in this predicament. But, God, you have a purpose. And I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost, saints of God. I'm going to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. So um, this book, uh, we're going to study tonight on the book of Haggai. Don't know why the Lord showed me Haggai, but we're going to learn the book of Haggai. And it's a pivotal time where we're in that we are in this juncture while there is a pandemic, while there is potential wars, um, and while there is chaos, you know, divisive on the left and the right. We are right in where God wants us to be as a church. We're right in the midst of the, of the pressure, midst of the heat. And uh, it seems as if it's like Nebuchadnezzar turning, the, turning the, 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 the oven or turning the heat or turning the boiler seven times even hotter for the people of God to maintain who they are, their identity as Christians and as apostolics and oneness believers. I got to be specific because some people call themselves Christians, but they're not oneness believers. But we give God thanks because we have the truth and we have been exposed and revealed the name uh, of Jesus Christ. So we're going to go into the book of Haggai and I'm going to just read a couple of verses and um, we'll go as the Holy Spirit will lead. We're going to read Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through verse 4. And before I continue, I must greet my wife in her absence. She's all the way in Canada. So we're, we're not just christ Center church in Hamilton. We're christ Center church in Toronto and other places in, throughout the world. <laughs> and I give God thanks for our Canadian members, you know, in Jesus' name. So we'll be reading uh, from Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and I'm just going to just skip a couple of verses, but we're not going to read thoroughly. We're just going to get into the nits and bolts. And so the scripture says in Haggai chapter 1, verses 2, it says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built then came the word of the lord by haggai the prophet saying is it time is a question he asked asked the uh, those who were out of the um, out of captivity they are the remnant of, of judea he said is it not time for you O ye to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste and verse 5 says it says now therefore thus saith the lord of hosts consider your ways and i'll read verse 6 he said ye have so much and bring in little ye eat but ye have not enough ye drink but ye are not filled with drink ye clothe you but there is none warm and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. The book, the book of Haggai, you, can maybe, you may be seated in the presence of God. The book of Haggai is a very interesting book. And I would just like to entitle this lesson called A Greater House. A Greater House. And in verse chapter number two, it speaks of, and I'm going to just jump to, three and i'll read verse nine he says who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory and how do you see it now is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing and he said in verse nine that the glory of this latter house hallelujah shall be greater than of the former saith the lord of hosts in this place will i give peace saith the Lord of hosts. Um, let's look in to deep into this lesson. You know, Haggai was a 
a prophet. The scripture says, or the scripture reflects in the in the canonized version of how it's been, you know, set. Haggai was a minor prophet, but he was not actually in terms of a minor prophet. It's just speaking of the length of his ministry was just of a period of time specifically geared towards an assignment. And of course, there are 12 total minor prophets. And there are four major prophets, and many of us know the major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and Ezekiel. And I want to just share a little background in the book of Haggai. It has been prophesied by for about over 200 years prior to the invasion of Babylon, captivity to the destruction of Jerusalem, and Solomon's temple by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C., that a Gentile king named Cyrus of Persia would be called the Lord's anointed servant, Yahweh's shepherd. And so the, the purpose of this man named Cyrus, a Gentile king, was a sign to release the people of God to build the house of worship. Now, sometimes we wonder, say, why would God use someone or any such thing? Now, he's no respect of persons, of course. And, and in the book of Romans, the scripture says, Moses said to the people, he said, I will have mercy. That's chapter 9, verse 15. He said in paraphrase, I, in a paraphrasing the scripture, he said, I will have mercy to whom I will have mercy and show compassion to whom I will show compassion. And it is not of any such happenstance. There's a divine purpose for God using and God doing. There's nothing new under the sun, but there is a divine purpose to everything that God does in our lives and in the lives of others and also strategically in terms of his will to be performed in the earth. And so he called this Gentile king because this Gentile king had been risen to authority and power. He had to overthrow a kingdom. The kingdom was Babylon. And Babylon was taking control. And Nebuchadnezzar began to rule and he began to conquer. He now had influence over the people of God because the people of God's transgressions and because that's a long history going back to the days of Solomon. And Solomon uh, was the son of David. And Solomon began to do some things as in his kingship, though he had, there was never war. There was peace that reigned on the earth, but there was a situation that came where he began to worship false gods because he began to have the influence of all kind of idolatry. And that led towards his new son or his son named, Re- named Rehoboam. And Rehoboam began to do some things and, and didn't begin to listen to certain people and began to thinking that there was a crowd much more wiser that he should follow and, and, and he should get taken. And, and it caused yet a split to come into the, the kingdom. And that's where you have the northern and the southern kingdom. And I'm just paraphrasing, jumping ahead and, and, and going forward. And you have kings down the line from Judah and the kings of the north in the kingdom of Israel. Ten tribes of the kingdom of Israel and two tribes of the kingdom of Judah, and, and yet it brought forth a lineage coming down. There were pretty much all bad kings on the side of the north because he took, uh, that's the name of Jeroboam, a, 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 a person that was like a, a close confidant in the kingdom of Rehoboam, and he used him, someone like a, a defense secretary of the United States, if you compare who Jerob, Jeroboam was. And he took the temple worship that was in the place of Bethel and moved it and he moved it and he caused the people not to travel because he said it was not convenient. I'm just just jumping ahead in terms of the history of what's happening. And so what happened was that he caused the people to worship out of convenience. And saints of God, we have to be careful in this area and time that we don't worship God out of our own convenience. I understand we're living in a time where things are changing and we have to come to an understanding of what we're living in. We're, we have common sense, but, but we cannot lose the sense of the spirit, sense of the move of what God is saying. 
because people need to understand that it is not comfortable of just you being or comforted in your own homes and in your own uh, beginning or in your own place of, 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 of peace and, and hope and any such thing that you feel as if God can just make things so easy. Sometimes it takes hard work. It takes it takes a sacrifice. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, Paul told the church in Rome, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And we have a responsibility in this time. We have a responsibility. And I know it's not in my notes, but I just want to just share that, 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 that it's as it gets worse in the world, we have a responsibility to even get more grounded in this thing, in this truth, in our doctrine. Hallelujah. I don't care what's happening. I don't care what, what other persons are saying who call themselves people of God. We have to have a responsibility within ourselves that we will not, we will not be tossed to and fro. As Paul warned the brethren in Ephesus, he said, be not no more children, but be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We got to make a decision, saints of God, today. Are we going to build God's house or we're going to build our own kingdom? And the book of Haggai redresses the issue. It was to stir the people, but it was to address the apathy that was going on in those days. That you were not just released to do about your own business. But we had only one business, and the business was to rebuild what was broken, rebuild that what was torn down, rebuild that was destroyed. And we were called of God to the place where he called us to build the temple of the living God. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so, look at the scripture in Isaiah 44, verses 28. It says, thus saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. Look at that. He called a Gentile king for the purpose that he would be used as a shepherd. And they capitalized the word S. Now, it was not so much of him being the shepherd, but his assignment and his role was to fulfill the job that he was called to do. Not to expand his kingdom, but was to release a people back to the place where he said, I will dwell in the midst of them. And it was in the place of Jerusalem. So I'm going to get cause him to move the people back out of captivity, release them to build me a place for his glory. And he said, and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built and to the temple thy foundation. Saints of God, we have a sure foundation. I don't know about you. This is not a wishy-washy. That's what they used to say back in the day. You know, the wishy-washy thing. Um, for other people to understand, it's not a compromise foundation. It's not altered. It's, it's a foundation that was in set. And, you know, saints of God, I, I, I have so much inside in terms of what was rooted even when I tried to run away. But you learn that even if you go as so far, that foundation it's as if he said, listen, Solomon prayed. I don't know. This is not in my notes. I don't know. I'm just, God, I thank you. He said, Solomon said this. He said, listen, God, if your people should ever be scattered. Hallelujah. He said, if your people should ever be scattered, have them to turn their face to that foundation. And if they turn their face to the foundation, please, Lord, heal them. And saints of God, I don't know if you have any children. They may have not yet followed that foundation you have put in them for years and prayed and fasted. Hallelujah. But I promise you, saints of God, let's continue to pray. Let's continue to build upon the foundation. Let's continue to build upon our altars. Because you know why? There's a time of which they have to turn their face towards the city. And the man of God said, God, if they turn their eyes to the place of Jerusalem, God, you're going to hear them. They may be bound. They may be uh, constrained. But God, you shall call and they will answer. When they call, you shall answer them. And so that's the foundation that Cyrus was called to release the people to, to yet establish. 
And so we go into history and we talk about it and we show there's some notes that I have in historical moments and it shares and it, and it, and it, and it, it describes how he took down Nebuchadnezzar and he even was called to be a shepherd because uh, the, the, the historical facts that I saw, it showed that his grandfather, his name was Isagius, king of Media, called Media Persia. It was just kingdoms coming together ordered that his grandson be killed for his grandfather foresaw Cyrus was to succeed him on the throne and yet a monarchy from his cabinet took and saw that his grandson would be executed carried him away to learn amongst the shepherds to be trained so this young man knowing that as a child he was going to be in the midst of a training ground for what purpose he may not have known. But he used that as a way of which God would establish him when he came of age and he began to conquer, began to become the ruler of the free world at that time. And the skills that he was taught, that he may have thought what significance it had at that time, it came about the time of which when the people were bound in captivity, Something in his spirit called him, and he said, yo, I got to release them. I got to be a shepherd. I have to be a father to them and let them serve and worship their God and do that so freely. And he allowed them. He established that. And one kingdom after the next and, and, and established that release, established that, that contingencies of exiles to come back to worship the one and true and living God and building the temple of God. So that's a brief story of Cyrus. And uh, another nugget, it says approximately the first wave of Jews was around approximately 49,697 that were released to rebuild the temple starting in 516 B.C., which is called before Christ. But the ministry of Haggai, the ministry of Haggai began in August of 520 B.C., okay? Haggai is the shortest book in the Old Testament. His name, his name means festive. So it was as if he was born in the time of which a feast day. So he's associated by the calling and the name. And there's not much history on his lineage. But the little that we have is his ministry that he was called to. He, by chance, had a contemporary named Zechariah. And Zechariah was also a minor prophet, but he was a contemporary of that day. So they were basically prophesying as the Spirit of God, which was upon them. The Holy Ghost, of course, is the person of Jesus Christ. But in terms of the Spirit of God, form basically, it, it, he, uh, he released in terms of a form of what's called a theophany. A theophany is, is, a, is a typology of, of, of God. But it's a representation of those who have not received the understanding of who God is. God can't reveal himself because no man has seen him and lived. So when the spirit of God descended upon a man, they would literally see the presence of, of something so glorious. Because for that purpose, the, the spirit of God descended upon them to do whatever the spirit of God was calling him to do. So it was to prophesy, it's to foretell. Forth tell meaning is to speak forth at that existing time to speak what I have said, what I would say if I was physically in the capacity of being in a man. So there is called a foretelling and a foretelling. Foretelling, foretelling is speaking of what will happen in the future, but being speaking forth, foretelling is basically speaking out and bringing forth what the assigned purpose of what. I was calling that person to do for a such people. So that's a little uh, history on that. And so about that time, the temple of God was ceased of rebuilding. So when they came, and as I read the scriptures tonight, it did not show the, the desire of the people of God to do what he released them out of captivity to do, was to build his house. And so he saw that the the, the people of God ceased from doing that work. There were some concerns of, you know, if they came back and they, they didn't have, they, was, they go back to the rubble. And remember, it was destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar in 586 destroyed the temple. 
destroyed Solomon's temple. Now, mind you this, it was like looking at, if I can assemble it, um, if you know uh, the world, One World Trade Center in New York City, that's how every time you look at that, you're just, your eyes can't take your eyes off of it. It's so tall. It's so glamorous. It's so beautiful. And it's such, not to, to compare something in the natural, but to the spiritual, that Solomon's temple was so magnificent in its glory and its beauty. And it was just something that was a sight to see of what they did to build it. And so when they saw the destruction, it seemed as if all their hopes was lost. And they did not see the urgency, the purpose to rebuild something from scratch of which had, had been so long removed. Because remember, captivity was 70 years. 70 years of captivity. And so they were wondering, okay, well, is anyone here left who saw the church? Or saw the temple in its forced state. Uh, and if I can drop a nugget, I know some of us who are, and I'm so glad of this church, it's a multi-generational assembly. I know there are people in this assembly who have saw the church, if I can put the context of the New Testament. I know some of us have seen a church with a church that was in its height. Uh-huh. Yes, a, a church where everybody looked the same. Hallelujah. Church where everybody abide by the same rule, who did everything that was brotherly and kind. We fulfilled Acts 2, and I'm not talking about 38 alone, but 39 through 42. Yeah, we had all things common. We weren't separate and divided. Is that, can, you, can I get a church to agree with me? If you equate that now to the days of Haggai, the people were saying, man, I don't know about... I'm, I don't know. I just don't. I just I, what we're going to duplicate. Do you think we can see God revealed like we did see it before? And they question and they challenge. And because of that, their, per, their priorities begin to switch. The priorities begin to, 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 to be to be altered. They began to now see, OK, well, I'm coming back from captivity. I have to now build my own estate. They came back and they and they went to a place of rubble. So what? They, the little that they had, they were going to seek to build upon uh, their own uh, 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 estate with the help of, of to help their families to grow. So the scripture says they were in their palace and sealed houses, and they began to have fine wood and to build upon uh, uh, their own properties or anything that they could find to establish a home. But that they forgot for the past 10 to 15 years approximately that there was no de desire to build upon the house of God. And the man of God was called to remind them that you can't act as if that I have not been good to you. You cannot act as if that you have been so privileged to survive 70 years of captivity just to have a good time and, and be home and, and to enjoy your own families and your own comfortness of being uh, uh, at a place where you don't have to be yet challenged to, 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 to honor me. He said, I'm challenging you today that you need to come out of your sealed houses. You need to come out of your places of where you are comfortable. And you must do what I call you to do. You know, saints of God, I, I just want to admonish us today. And I'm speaking to myself that what am I not doing? Whether it's, if it's financial, it's financial. But if my time that I'm not giving to God to this church, I'm helping you, saints of God, that we're needing to push each other because this is now the end of days. And the more strength we have, we have to give. When I see, saints of God, one of the most impressive things I see in this church is when we close down Sunday morning. And when you see everyone or those who are asked to build and to break down, it moves me because you know why? It shows us that we have a servant attitude. No one is bigger than anyone. No one is no too high that they can't cause themselves to, to humble themselves and to take a chair and put one on another and move certain tables. and move. It's, it's a sign to show that we have a right attitude towards the things of God. It may not be behind a lectern. It may not be spoken in a testimony. But our attitude towards building God's church is building on the foundation saints of God. When you're cleaning the bathroom, when you're, when you're serving on the parking lot, trust me, rewarded for that faithfulness to God. And the people, hallelujah, the people's priorities, Sister Scarlett, was altered. 
They chose to stay at home. They chose to be comfortable. They chose to build upon their own foundation. And the man of God, Haggai, said, you sit here in your own uh, comfort. And he said in verse 6, I'll read verse 6 again. Ye have sown much and yet bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, hallelujah, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, hallelujah, but there is no warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into bag, into a bag with holes. Can we see the society we live today? If we're not careful, my goodness, our lives will be so caught up in the rich and famous to be consumed, consumed by getting and getting and acquiring and acquiring and investing and investing. And mind you this, I'm not against those things, but I want to know, the man of God asks, what are your priorities? Who comes first? Who comes first? Is our time, hallelujah, God, save me right now. Is our time devoted to doing the will of God? We're admonished by our pastor that we have a building in our possession that we're going to walk into. And it's not a building for us to say we got a big building, hallelujah. Come on, saints of God. We have no time to show off. We have no time to make ourselves puffed up and say, hey, around here. But we have a responsibility that when we touch ground, hallelujah, there is going to be lives transformed because we are sowing in places where it seems feasible. It may seem insignificant while we're in a firehouse. It don't look attractive, but God, I promise you, saints of God, if we continue to build upon what we have started, if we continue to lay some wood to the fire, and we continue to, oh God, fan those flames, I promise you, saints of God, that the glory that we may see here, I promise you, there is a lot of glory. There is a latter glory. Hallelujah. And no, I don't want to take the latter glory out of context because but this man was a, kind of like a messianic prophet because he had, he had his prophecy lined up to show the people that, hey, uh, uh, there's something coming greater than the building that you saw in Solomon's days. It's reported in history that he was old enough that he may have seen Glimpses of the old temple. And though yet he was saw glimpses of the old temple, he was admonishing the brethren. He was admonishing two men. And I want to jump ahead, but two men, they were kind of about leaders today. If you equate that, if you just use Pastor White as a, an example, he was like a Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. He's son of Jehokim. He was the king of Judah. And he was called. He basically was someone to be aligned to be king. But because they were in captivity, he was subjected under the authority of those who were, had had the control over the people of God. So he was basically set in place to be like a governor, be someone that is like a leader, an influential person. And though there was another man named Joshua, the high priest, and they were just trying to lead. Now, it's stressful times to be leading people in any time. And they were stressed out in a sense. And they were downtrodden. They were downcast. And I want to tell you, saints of God, any time you can encourage the man of God, send a text, call him, do anything to lift his spirit. Because there at the time where Haggai had to come, in a nutshell, and I'm running through this thing. He said, listen, I called, and that's in chapter number two. He, he, he called, he said, and I will read you the scripture in uh, Haggai chapter two, verses four. He said, ye now, yet now. Be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, uh, and work. He said, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. The scripture says when he made a declaration of such, he said, the scripture reflects, and it says, the spirit of 
the, the both men, they were stirred. The, the, book, the, the book reflected that they were stirred in their heart and their spirit based on that encouragement. That's in Haggai 2 verse 4. And looking at the original meaning of that word stirred is not something that, okay, you're stirring in a pot, whether it be soup or any such thing. No, that word means open our eyes. Saints of God, some of us need a word that will open our eyes. Open our understandings. Open our, our places of where we're dark. We, we don't see it, but, but a word, that's how powerful a word of God can do. And it brought illumination. It brought illumination. So that word stirred in, in, the, in, the, in the chapters that speak of it, it means the word called awaken. Their eyes were open. Their eyes were began to, to, they began to see the vision of what was their calling and their purpose was to. And so looking at uh, the history, it speaks, of, it speaks of four things. Haggai had four messages in the book. And again, it's two chapters, but there's four focuses. And you can write this down. It says um, the first focus was a message of motivation. The second focus, a message of consolation. And these chapters are from 1, verses 1 through 15, a message of motivation. A message of consolation, chapters 2, 1 through verse 9. The third focus was a message of affirmation. Chapters 2, verses 10 through 19. A message of anticipation, chapters 2, 20 to 23. Now, because of time, we can't get through everything. But I do want to focus, saints of God, on the purpose of rebuilding. It says, Haggai pointed out the excuses of the people. Were making the rebuilding of the temple. Haggai motivated the people from their absolute idleness in not attending, in not attending to the house of God, but were more focused on building themselves luxurious sealed houses, paneled by fine wood, with similar components, likened to kings of the nations of that time. But in contrast, the Lord's house lay waste, only partially restored. And only minimal worship services could be carried on. The problem was not that the people had built such fine houses for themselves, but rather that they had done so to neglect of the house of the Lord. Their priorities were out of order, but by putting their own self-interest above God's. In his second message, he said, Haggai assured them of the Lord's presence and approval, and the Lord stirred the spirit of both leaders and the people as they worked together. In the third message, he said, was given to both Joshua and Zerubbabel, and the older, more senior persons of the community asked them, who amongst this group who can recall the glory of the former temple and how they saw it now? Uh, but this new, or this, it says the scriptures are reflected, but this to stir the, genera- the new generation to the, enthu- to the new enthusiasm. He promised that God would bring treasures from other nations to make the splendor of the new temple. And again, Cyrus had recaptured the old vessels that were stolen from Solomon's temple and gave it to rebuild at least the temple that was destroyed. When they return. But I want to get to the fourth message. He says carelessness. Or he linked it to worship. And worship work and blessings of God. It's a carelessness in observing accepted rules. Reflected a lack of seriousness in their purpose. The results were that they robbed themselves of the full measure of God's blessings. Because of that carelessness. But their final address was this. It was to the leader of Zerubbabel to deliver this announcement that was imminent to overthrow the kingdoms of the world and the role that Zerubbabel would play in triumphant victory of God's kingdom of the earth. God's power to overcome all opposition. And Haggai said God will empower his chosen servant. And because of that, saints of God, it reflected on the attitude of Zerubbabel, the attitude of Joshua, that 
in the midst of all that was turning forward or turning against of what they saw, their word of God that was spoken to them brought forth an opportunity to see blessings, to see the opportunity of a generation to now experience a new understanding of how the temple of God will be important and how it will bring value in their lives. And the scripture talks about that I will shake, and that's in uh, Haggai 2, verse 7 through 9. I'll read that. And I will shake all nations, and the desires of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter, that's verse 9, of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Again, that scripture is not speaking not just of the second temple that will be created. Because, of course, that temple was also destroyed. Um, or that temple itself was yet destroyed by uh, an emperor called Nero. And, and, and now the, the whole concern about the third temple being actually being on the, the grounds. It's actually the platform is set. You know, what happened a few years ago where uh, the former president announcing that the embassy moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Saints of God, we're seeing pr- biblical prophecy happening in this time. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but I'm just saying, saints of God, that the house of the gladder glory that spoke in chapter verse 9, it didn't speak of a, just a physical structure. It spoke specifically of what, of who, who came to help and redeem those who were, that's us. Those who were yet held captive by sin. And of course the prophecy that was spoken in Genesis 3.15 spoke of the serpent. Head will be bruised and the heel will, will touch his heel. But, but he said, listen, the scripture says, I will show the glory of this ladder, the house that he would build. Now the built of the house was Jesus Christ. And Jesus never came in such glory. He never came with such arrayed. He was not heralded. He was not accepted. The scripture said he came unto his own, and his own received them not. But to them that had received them gave he power to become the sons of God. But the scripture that spoke of the glory was the embodiment of Jesus Christ. If you look at that same scripture in John chapter 1, verse 14, he said, And we beheld his glory. The glory of the only of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That embodiment of the glory of God was what they what was coming, and that glory was an expression of what was coming. Saints of God, it was not just a building that they were, they were building. It was the, it was a foundation of which God's presence would abide. God's foundation that will the people of God will be gathered together, and they will experience and see his presence. Now, I'm so glad, saints of God, that I don't have the experience of some that had to see a physical structure. But I'm so glad that the glory of God that that was prophesied, that was spoken of, came in the person of Jesus Christ. And not just only he came in the person of Jesus Christ, but because you have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, That same spirit that was in Jesus now is inside of you and I. And you can experience the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ, in the face of Jesus Christ. But you have to have the Holy Ghost. And as I close tonight, the experience of the Holy Ghost must be spoken. The experience of the Holy Ghost must be prophesied. The experience of the Holy Ghost must be, must be entertained. And I'm not talking about entertaining people to make people happy. I'm talking about having a desire and a hunger to be filled with the glory of God. For the glory of God will bring you to understanding, grace, and truth. I don't know about you. And yet it's been done. The book of Acts had men of God who was revealed the were not revealed full truth. They received the Holy Ghost beforehand, but, but they needed understanding. But I'm telling you, saints of God, I want a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That causes me to leave false doctrine. Hallelujah. I believe, Sister Jones, that has power today. 
Sometimes it feels so uh, foreign. It seems so uh, 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 out in the sky. It doesn't make any sense. But I believe it has the power to bring understanding where my eyes have been darkened. Even when I made a mistake, it's the glory of God. It's his presence filled in my life. I can run to him. And that's why the scripture says sometimes we have not words to say. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. But it is groanings in me. He said words I cannot express. But I have words that is in the language of the spirit, which he can communicate with me. He can understand. He's not, the, he's not just a person pardoning for me and pleading for my case. I have relationship with the Father, who is Jesus Christ, because I have a language, saints of God. You need the Holy Ghost to have that language, to have intimate expression of his glory and of his power. I am so excited today that the greater house that we are speaking of, has nothing to do with a physical building, but it has everything to do where we are today. For he said in the book of John, chapter number three, I believe, he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear. That greater house is coming, saints of God. He said, Where the wicked will cease from troubling. And the weary shall be at rest. Saints of God, the glory of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. I come to dispense every false idol. Hallelujah. That wants to put him on a statue. That wants to put him in a movie. I'm not against so many things that are symbolic. But that's not Jesus. I serve a Jesus that suffered and bled. I serve a Jesus that when he was wounded, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, if you believe him, he is healed. He will heal your heart. He will heal your brokenness. He will heal your discomfortness. Be not weary well-doing. I know it's a hard time we're experiencing. But I believe what Haggai said. I am with you. Saints of God, we can hold on to that word. He is with us. He's with us. He's here to keep us when we are lonely, when we feel uh, out of place. He said he will be a comfort to us. There's so many times, saints of God, I had to help my, my spirit and I had to think of an old song. And the song they used to sing, this old time religion makes me sometimes shout. I don't have time to, to and, I'm, and, I, and I'm butchering the song. But I'm just saying, I am determined to hold out to the end. Jesus is with me. On him, oh, y'all know, I know some of these songs, saints of God. On him I can depend. For I know I have salvation. That's the greater house. (laughs) I feel it in my soul. Let the church say, I am determined. In spite of what's happening, I'm not going to be stuck in my sealed house. I'm going to look to Jesus. Money can't save me. My bank account can't make me survive. I don't care how much health care you have. Unless the name of Jesus is spoken over your life, you can have the best of everything. You'll die with that health care. you need the touch of Jesus Christ. And if he should call me, because Paul said it's betwixt. I'm betwixt. He told, lastly, in the book of Philip, 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 he told the Philippi brethren, he said, I'm betwixt. I want to be here, but there's a better part I want to be. But saints of God, I understand that there's healing in the name. And the only name that can heal you is not uh, 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 MetLife. It's not Cigna. No, it's the name. It's the name of Jesus. But you got to believe. Blue Cross can only go so far. It's Jesus can only heal you. And you have to have faith in him. So let's believe God, saints of God. Let's stand before him. Let's believe God. Let's believe God for that building. Let's believe God because we're going to build a church. There's a song that I love the praise team sings. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. People want things that are fast. And Listen, let's not be like the fast food generation that we have today who have no patience, who want to build upon a a shaky foundation. The only good can last for a year or two. 
But when you check the foundation, it cannot survive. Trust me, you can build. Listen, I'm going to stop and I, uh, give the, the, uh, the minister of Carlin. And I know pastor will endure this, endorse this. I'm not trying to be, I'm just, I just love that man. I'm just going to say this. As he said before, and I'm going to stand with what he, he, I think he said this a few months ago. You can build a church on good doctrine. You can build a church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. It may not look uh, 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 the more uh, uh, enticing. It may not look uh, uh, gravitating. We understand methods and times change. We can't behave as if we're in 1900. No. But we can build upon this. I believe it. Sister Patrice. I believe it. I know Mother Thomas and Mother Allen saw the church in their first floor. Yes. And he wanted to question, do you, how do you see it now? It's just tying into the, to the theme I'm speaking of, saints of God. We're a multi-generational church. I don't know why God gave me this, but we're a multi-generational church. And there are some who are, in, who are uh, Jordan's age, Payton's age. They may not know the church of yesteryear's Jordan's age and Matthew's age. And I, I don't want to, uh, and Gabriel's age, I don't, I'm so sorry to put, uh, put, put it pointing fingers to everyone, but the, the names that I know, you, you know the church how it was. Carry at the altar to the Holy Ghost came. Red clay church. I heard about these experiences. Where just once, my God, where one song can just wreck the house. Just one song. But, saints of God, we got to reach a people. They may not understand the words of a hymn book. They may not understand the, the stanzas and the, the testimonies, but I'm pretty sure, saints of God, I'm pretty sure we have the ability to be all things to all men, that we may win some. We have all things. I don't care if they're African-American. I don't care if they're from the Caribbean. I don't care if they're Caucasian. I don't care if they're Hispanic. We have the ability to win them. Not by just understanding culture, but we have the understanding that we have the love of Christ, the love of Jesus. And trust me, saints of God, we are going to see the church of God built, the greater house, the greater people. And I pray that God will bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you spoke to us tonight. We thank you for what you established here. And God, upon this rock, you told Peter, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. And we believe that, God, you have spoken to us tonight. And I pray of anyone that's watching, I pray that, God, you will, oh, God, reach out to them. If they're dealing with an illness or they're dealing with an infirmity, I'm praying your spirit, your peace, your mind be upon you. I pray that, God, any such thing of any issue that's going on in their mind, I pray the greater power name of Jesus, the house that we are building will cause their spirit to be alive, awaken us in our deadness. I pray that you will touch those who are here. If any situation they are experiencing, I pray a fresh anointing will sit upon them. I pray, God, your blessings upon them. For we're building your church. We're building your foundation because we believe that we can build a church upon the principles of the gospel, the principles of the word of God. It shall be done in Jesus' name. Put your hands together, saints of God. Let us worship the Lord. Let's continue to build his church, for a greater house is before us. Yes, if we are at this time, we have our building campaign. If you have anything you can give, electronically and if you have our minister henry is at the back and we're going to continue to bless the lord you are dismissed in jesus name may the blessings of the lord be upon you you can see the giving those who are watching online this is our way of giving to build the church of jesus christ to win one soul at a time in jesus name amen and amen